Micro Megas you've joined me today for this very exciting interview. I recently had the opportunity to sit down with Alex Hughes, an entrepreneur at the start of his journey, still young and doing most of his work out of coffee shops. Oh, yes, he's also probably the biggest name in algae cultivation in Bozeman, Montana. Come to think of it, he's probably also the only name in algae in these parts, but if Alex has anything to do with it, you'll soon be hearing a lot more about Montana algae. I asked him first to say a little bit about some time he spent after graduating college. He wandered some in more ways than one. This was January to February um, 2016, and originally I tried to escape winter in Bozeman. I don't ski. That's not very helpful. Um, I tried to escape winter in Bozeman and uh, sought work on fishing vessels in San Diego. At the time, I was saving up for a motorcycle trip, and it seemed like quick money and Obviously, it was toiling for hours, but it just sounded really sweet. Uh, Anyway, when the fishing thing wasn't working out, I I drove all around Southern California looking for high-paying work, but I ended up submitting crappy resumes to sort of -of bottom-of-the-barrel data entry positions. I was living in my car, surviving off of a bag of Costco whey protein and the McDonald's dollar menu. Many, many nights I slept in a sleeping bag in my very cramped car directly underneath a light post in the back of a Walmart parking lot, whatever was closest. And you're not doing it right unless there's a beam of light shining directly onto your face while you're trying to sleep. Uh, So, yeah, I was constantly anxious about money. And um, to answer your question, my life was absolute hell. Uh, I walked away from that experience completely ashamed at how naive I'd been about life up to that point. I specifically remember stopping at my aunt and uncle's house in Irvine uh, the day before I drove back to Montana. And I was like greasy and I smelled bad. I was thin and completely crestfallen. And I had about $200 in my bank account, like just enough to get back to Montana. And there's this cabinet in the dining room that displayed my cousin's college degrees inside that had their GPA listed up front. I remember tearing up. Um, I had never had a strong GPA in college. And it was was right then I I realized how insufficient I was. And I vowed to never be as financially unstable, uh, reckless mainly, and embarrassing to family. Uh, as I was at that moment. Um, I remember being just livid as I was driving back up to Montana from California and just so mad at myself and just mad at the world and mad at, you know, like everything, everything. I made it back um, and lived with my parents for only a couple of weeks. I ended up crashing on couches here in Bozeman while I, you know, made money and actually was able to get an apartment So I left Montana because I was independent, yes, but I was miserable because I was reckless about it. Uh, I had no real plan or rapport building strategies, no contacts, little relevant work experience, no skills, and a 2.7 GPA. But worst of all, I had no plan. Skill and that sort of thing, that can come in time. You can read 
books and study and read articles and come hang out at your local library. We were actually in the library at the time. I think I was destined to get dashed on the rocks a little bit. Um, that's the way it goes when you live like life like an idiot. That is just the natural consequence of being kind of dumb, being reckless. As you said, you attended MSU, and you've called the quaternity degree you received there a little bit of a joke. Would you care to say a little about about this degree program and whether you think you got anything useful from it or whether there's anything in it that could be useful to another person? Yeah, so um, uh, in case the audience doesn't know, uh, Eli and I met to go over some of the interview questions previously and just sort of to talk casually. And I, I, I somewhat disparaged my degree, but I think the joke part of it, it was actually me. I, I don't want to disparage the degree or the faculty. Um, it's a terrific option. If you're interested in a lot of areas, it's a blend of social sciences, humanities, some STEM and fine arts. And if that sounds useful to you or what you want to get out of college, do that, do that thing. No, I think what I was meaning to disparage was more of myself uh, and my time during college. I switched my major to a liberal studies quaternity option in my junior year so I could graduate on time. But I would say that the most useful thing that I got out of the entire program was the the final capstone project itself. I reported on Hezbollah activity in the South American narcotics trade, how drug money made from Americans funds people that will try to kill Americans. I realized that I can actually apply myself when I feel like it. That was the biggest lesson from that degree. So then, looking back, would you take your own advice? Would you choose not to pursue a degree and instead go into directly following your entrepreneurial interests? Or was getting the degree the very thing that gave you the sort of wisdom to realize that you didn't need it? Yeah, that's a very nice question. Um, would I pursue a degree? No. I Emphatic no. At the end of the day, I, I don't feel that I need an institution to permit me to exert my will on the world to do stuff. Um, and ultimately, if you have an institution giving you some sort of uh, permission to to go out and go forth and conduct research, I, I, I don't know. I think that's... Here's the thing. That can be a waste of time for some people. But for other people, I think you sort of need to lead them by the hand for the time being um, to show them how that's done. So I think it works for a lot of people. I don't think it will work for everyone. Picking up Alex's story where we left off, he had returned to Montana and entered a period of self-directed learning when he read books such as Beyond Willpower by Alexander Lloyd and Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which he, in fact, never quite finished. We theorized at one point that perhaps the seventh step to being a highly effective person is never finishing the book. Anyways, I asked him to say a little more about this period of finding himself. Yeah, so so this was um, mid-2016. I had returned from California after trying to make a ton of money and hustle and <laughs> uh, got my uh, reality checked. I, I think more than anything, uh, that was a period of pretty intensive self-reflection. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of journaling, a lot of, I guess, revisiting very, very old and very painful memories. And I think I realized I wanted to let go a lot of a lot of limiting beliefs about myself and do away with the adolescent recklessness that kept perpetuating this sort of problem. I kept staying behind in the same chapter. In order to enter the next chapter of his life, Alex re-enrolled at MSU. 
He had no desire to get another degree, but having found new motivation, he decided to return to school and take a course about biotechnology. It was this course that really got his entrepreneurial gears yeah, turning. So this was uh, now late 2016. I, I'd taken that, um, that intro to biotechnology class that was offered at MSU, and I would say that's, that's kind of the one and only class that I really thought was valuable. So yeah, I, I, I did end up going back to college late 2016 just to kind of dabble in, in the sciences. And I picked a fairly arbitrary focus at the time based on a guest presenter for that biotech class. And he talked about the wonders of algae. You know, I, I used to work at a supplement store. And so we used to sell like spirulina and like uh, algae supplements. So I was kind of familiar with it. Um, so my focus still is on algae and algal biotechnology. I'm primarily concerned with prefrontal cortex development in infants as a means of greater impulse control in populations done with algae-derived nutritive compounds. And hopefully this translates in time to reduced theft, uh, reduced violence, reduced rape, drug abuse, uh, more long-range strategy implementation, and stronger institutions. Ultimately, that's sort of the end goal. And to be able to do this sort of on a, a global scale to go in and provide a nutrition-based intervention for pregnant moms, sort of what we look at is the from conception to about the second birthday. So that's roughly a thousand days where all these windows elapse. And if you basically, if you don't have a certain nutrient on board as a mom, when you're breastfeeding or pregnant, uh, that kid's brain is not going to be at full capacity, period. It's sort of a convoluted idea. Uh, we're just going to make babies' brains gigantic and hope that they're smarter than us and will ideate better. And what are the specific nutrients that you're interested in? Primarily, it's two fatty acids, um, icosa pentaenoic acid, EPA, and docosa hexaenoic acid, DHA. If you were on infant formula at all, you probably ingested EPA and DHA from algae. Uh, a couple of NASA scientists, um, they were studying algae as a food source that oxygenates an atmosphere um, to have on board shuttles and space stations, whatever. And so they had done a lot of research on it, and they found a way basically to just extract EPA and DHA from algae. And they went into the private sector, made this huge company, and they basically just pump out EPA, DHA, put it in an infant formula. It addresses sort of a limiting factor for brain development. I would like to be able to produce this cheaper, um, more of it, more available, and of higher quality, make it fairly ubiquitous. I pressed Alex to say more about what makes his venture unique in the face of these already existing companies. And I followed up by asking what makes Montana a good place for algae cultivation. Yeah, so these companies are gigantic. There's not many of them at all, but they're huge and they're staffed by extremely intelligent people, brains the size of planets. It's going to be very tough competition, but I can produce at a far greater rate per square foot than any of the competition can while using less resources, actually. I'm going off of experimental research conducted within the last two and a half years, so it's very likely, you know, they haven't implemented any of it. You know, I'm sort of the only person in the world that's probably using some of this research. 
what makes Montana a good place for it? Well, I, I grew up on a, a small farm outside of Helena, so I do intend to use that land to scale up probably in the spring or summer. And Montana also has a strong agricultural base. And just knowing there's seasoned infrastructure available to assist or facilitate my operations it gives me some peace of mind. But more than anything, I'm, I'm setting up shop here simply because I live here. My social network are my buyers, my investors. They are testimony. They're the hype generators, the hype beasts. They're going to be there to help you when your business is in its infancy. And why the heck would I want to go anywhere else? So would you care to just tell us a little bit more about the system that you're trying to develop for cultivating this algae? Yeah, so I, I'm basically building these modular reactors for cultivating algae in a, a hermetically sealed, completely closed off system. So there's very low chance of aerial contamination, which is a huge issue in the industry. Yeah, basically using very low cost materials was a uh, specific interest of mine because I, I would like to see this patented and actually be constructed abroad in more developing countries. Uh, so if you can basically just sterilize, you know, scrap plastic and metal and rework it into my design for an enclosure and actually begin producing, that'd be great. Yeah, it's, it should be fairly cheap for people. And the design is pretty, pretty simple for that reason also. So you, you had mentioned developing nations. Is this sort of project more focused on getting these modular algae systems to developing nations than using them here in the United States? Or do you see sort of global applications? Yeah, help is help, the way that I see it. If I start off here in, in the States, maybe work on some of the reservations here in Montana, or if I go abroad to Mali, Ghana, whatever, where wherever the help can be rendered, you know, I think is job well done. So yeah, it's I'm down for whatever, you know, just helping people. So in in this helping of people, is that your main goal or are you also in this to make lots and lots of money? Yeah, so I want to be really clear about this. Um, I have bills and I have rent and I like working out and eating high quality protein and all that kind of stuff and every now and then playing a video game or two, whatever. Do I want money? Yeah, I really do. I want a lot of money because I know that I'm competent with it and I know that I can do great things with that money. But just sort of to sit on it and not really do anything, I, I don't really have any interest in that. Retiring on a beach sort of thing, that's not really my objective at all. Yeah, at the same time, you can't live out of a van in a sleeping bag eating off the McDonald's dollar menu, only focused on, on trying to help people and not taking in any money, just, you know, keep using that to reinvest in some process. You do need to optimize your environment and yourself so that you are more efficient, you are more competent and capable of getting a job done. So it is a balance. That's something that I think, you know, some folks are very anti-capitalist, anti-wealth accumulation for the wrong reason. Your main goal is cultivating this algae in order to produce these nutritional supplements, but is there any other use that this algae you're growing can be put to? Oh, yeah. So besides uh, the litany of products, bioremediation of water resources is a pretty common research topic. Contaminated water sources are often cleared with uh, a strain of algae that can act as a filter or sponge. It accumulates the contaminants and you can just dispose of the algae or depending on what the contaminant is, of course, you can turn around and 
make biogas or biodiesel from that algae. Alex had some more to say about producing biodiesel from algae. This was huge from 2002 to 2014. In fact, there's a big bubble that formed and the government was just throwing out contracts. I, I really got into this a little bit late. It was just throwing out contracts to do research and trying to, you know, become uh, self-sufficient. And uh, we didn't do too good. It was, it was, it's difficult to produce that large of a biomass to scale, to be, to even come close to being competitive with fossil fuels. Biodiesel was a thing. It's not really a thing. It's still kind of a thing. Oh, yes. And if you were wondering whether algae has potential as a larger food source, well, here's the answer. Yeah, you can eat it straight up. And that's, that's part of what I want to sell, is just the, the whole food itself. It's usually powderized, and you can add it to you know smoothies or whatever salad dressings. I can only really think of smoothies being tolerable, to be honest. It's, it's got a sort of like a rotting pond fish smell to it. It's, it's pretty disgusting, to be honest. I mean, there's stuff you can do to like get rid of <laughs> good advertisement. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to be honest, you know, I'm truth telling here. There are things that you can do to process the odor so it's more palatable. It's 55 to 70, as high as 70% single cell protein. It's actually bioavailable. It's not quite to the level of, say, whey protein, casein protein, egg protein, but it's definitely more than, uh, say, garbanzo and uh, pea protein. In the realm of food and agriculture, one of the big watchwords of the hour is GMOs. Do you foresee being able to use genetic modifications at all when producing this algae, like creating new strains for different purposes? Uh, yeah, this is done in experimental research all the time. Uh, you see using a plasmid to splice in some some gene from a different organism into the algae. And because so, so many uh, algal strains are photosynthetic, um, you can have this one targeted compound from like a different organism uh, grown in this algae. So yeah, if a strain can produce more of a product by flipping off a few codons, it will be done. It is done regularly. Yeah, I know that one of the major concerns about GMOs is that these modified organisms may interbreed with wild-type organisms and somehow adversely affect the ecosystem. Do you see that as being any sort of concern with your algae system? For me, not at all. So the, the strain that I'm using, it's very difficult to grow it outside of very specific conditions, specifically uh, pH and light intensity and temperature. If it's, if it's not right, it's just not going to exist, especially in Montana. As our interview drew to a close, Alex had some final thoughts to share about motivation and the entrepreneurial spirit. Social recognition and fame, that's sweet. Good for you, you know, if you've acquired that in your lifetime. But if that's your goal, you're screwing up. What might also be of interest for someone to hear is if you have $24 in your bank account and you have terabad GPA and no work experience and no contacts. You might as well aim really, really high because it's going to get you excited about something because you're actually going to apply yourself to some intensive study and commit to something. You know, it's it's the worst thing to not have an objective, to not have a direction. Do you think that if sort of this whole endeavor falls through and you're not able to really capitalize or succeed in this algae, your opinions on sort of aiming high might change some? Maybe you would have preferred 
well, maybe if I had just sort of found more <laughs> run-of-the-mill job and sort of got myself established like that. Yeah, no, that's a that's a very important question, I think. For entrepreneurs, you, you really need to consider that if you fail, are you are you going to settle back into you know what's easy and comfortable again? You know, that there's kind of my answer. No, I'm I'm not going to and there's a there's actually a lot of things that I, I could do realizing that I do have the, the strengths and competency and I now have contacts for. I could totally take some sort of job at, you know, sixty thousand a year. That's pretty decent. Yeah, I think another thing is um I'm having a lot of fun actually doing this. I feel like this is what I needed to be doing sort of all my life. Sort of re- re- rekindling some of that uh, that nerd spirit for science fiction and, you know, the reason that I was so interested in video games and sci-fi and that sort of stuff. I, I guess sort of resurrected into this new chapter where I've integrated that into my pursuits as an adult. So yeah, I'm, I'm learning and I'm, I'm stretching my legs finally as, as the man that I've wanted to be pursuing something that I take genuine interest in. So I certainly wouldn't regret a single moment in this chapter here. And you you do need to have the mindset where you're not ever losing. You're, you're just obtaining information of how not to do that thing. You cannot tell yourself the narrative that you've lost or you screwed up. You adopt that mindset, you're, you're going to fail, period. And, and I think that's there's a quote somewhere on some Pinterest pin, win or learn but never lose and that's that's very understated that's that's actually a mindset that everyone needs to adopt so thank you very much for staying down with me today alex i think this has been a really productive interview i hope you feel like it's been productive i don't know if you have any final parting thoughts for example if people are really interested in learning more about lg are there any good resources for them to start with me you can hit me up seriously i i love talking ideas and I love talking algae. So there's that, um, you know, just Google scholar, you know, for sure. <laughs> that's, that's probably the, the first place to start, to be honest, maybe science articles. Yeah. You can email me at noble strains at gmail.com until I have a website and a more legitimate email. That's going to do it for now. Noble, um, N O B L E strains, S T R A I N S. I would like to thank the City of Bozeman, particularly the Public Library and Office of Economic Development, for giving me the opportunity to create this podcast. Additional thanks to Montana Campus Compact and to Gallatin Valley Community Radio for broadcasting the show. Tune your radios to KGVM 95.9 and give them a listen. Original music was provided by the benevolent Jeffrey Lackman, a friend. Feel free to leave a comment. I'd love to hear how you think we can make this better. Subscribe and you'll never miss an episode. And if you're an entrepreneur in the city of Bozeman, or you know an entrepreneur in these parts, let me know. Maybe your story can be the next retail. I can be contacted by email at vista at bozeman.net. That's V-I-S-T-A at bozeman.net.